The Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns called archetypes by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives. Hello, and welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. My name is Julianne Javot, and I'm a consultant who specializes in working with archetypes, and my co-host, Sindera Quackenbush, is a tarot consultant. Today, we delve into card number seven of the major arcana of the tarot, the chariot, in which we will discuss the archetypes of the hero as well as the warrior. So, hey, Sindera. Hey there, Julianne. How are you? I am quite well. Are we ready to talk about this fierce character here? Absolutely. I am so excited to explore the chariot card uh, because it is the first card with a sense of motion in it. We've been moving through these very, very big archetypal cards, and here we find ourselves in a moving vessel. So let's take a look at this card. So in the Marseille's deck, the oldest deck, we have here a chariot. We have presumably our hero that we've been following along in this course, if you can see the tarot as a journey. And here he is standing in his chariot. He's got a couple horses that are pulling the chariot. They appear to be moving in opposite directions, uh, though looking in the same direction. And we see that the chariot itself is built with four posts that hold up a sort of veil over the, our hero's head. Uh, the hero himself has a crown, uh, he has a staff or what looks to be a wand in some interpretations of the decks, and he also has two little mask faces coming out of his armor on top of his shoulders. And he looks pretty confident uh, setting out on what looks to be a new journey. Cool. So let's go back a little bit to where we were in the previous stage in the in the lovers. What was happening there and how how do you see that leading to where we are now? Yeah, that's right. So the last card and the lovers card are which is often a card that means a choice that needs to be made. And presumably our hero has made a choice in that last stage of the journey and that choice has catapulted him whether consciously or unconsciously onto this journey uh, so this is really exciting and he it's it's just such a new card for us because it looks like he's taken up the tools of the previous cards and he's he's consciously choosing more for himself he's got more of a an identity as armor he, he knows how to protect himself and he's setting out this is the first time we see any kind of sort of young, forward-moving warrior hero type energy. We've been talking about the major arcana and as a hero's journey, and this is the first time that we're starting to feel that sort of hero um, heroic sense in an in an outward way. And I think the interpretations of this card, um, when I was doing the research, is everyone said this is kind of a complicated card. There's a lot going on. But when I when I look at it as a stage after after the lovers, I it's the first time we're talking about it. But I think now is a good time to uh, bring in Joseph Campbell's his ideology around 
the hero's journey because this to me maps really really well to the um the crossing the first threshold in that journey which is i think i don't know maybe four or five steps in but this is like that big forward movement and there's there, we'll get into the symbology maybe next about those horses or those sphinxes that are pulling the chariot that are kind of going in opposite directions because to me that maps to another stage kind of farther down the line from Joseph Campbell's work and that's the the marriage of opposites or the joining of opposites the hieros gamos that he talks about this this seems like it's like it's a ripe time to sort of like what does that look like how does that feel so Sundara could you talk a little bit more about those horses that are leading leading the chariot yeah, absolutely. So those horses, which is uh, the next animal, I believe, that we've seen after the little dog that's in the fool. This is the next animal that is emerging. So horses, um, which in lots of mythology may represent our instinctual side, may represent our animal natures. And as, as you can see in this card, in contrast to the fool, the our hero has placed himself above these animals and is, you know, we're assuming has some reins at some point where he's needing to bring these horses under control to, to direct them in the journey that he wants to take. Uh, and so that's a very important contrast to what we saw with the fool who's really in touch with that little in instinctual dog and the, the dog is warning him not to jump off the cliff and uh, so it's it's really interesting to see that difference between the fool who is not armored and setting out on a journey and is up for anything to this hero who seems to be a little more intentional uh, and we'll talk about later in the shadow side of this card what might it mean when we decide to try and control our animal natures, put ourselves above uh, our animal brethren, as it were. Yeah, and it's there's so much movement here. And to me, when I, it's, I, I map this to the, both the hero and warrior, which are the related but separate archetypes. But the, the key words here in being in a vehicle, having this relationship with the, with the, the symbols of the animals, the moving forward, the possibly being impulsive, you know, it's about energy and conquest. I mean, this is this is the mo most heroic of of the cards so far. Absolutely. There's been a big buildup, so we're we're moving forward in terms of how we might spot this in in our lives. My my sense is is that there's a self directedness finally that compared to the fool, not directed at all, or mm -hmm. you know, reacts instead of um, instead of initiates. This is right. a very much about initiating something and about the, the the act of being initiated through this process. That's right. And our hero is needing to put to test all of the amazing things that he's learned from these huge figureheads from the previous cards. Uh, so he's leaving his the emperor's kingdom, those mm -hmm. safe walls. He needs to travel out beyond those walls and, and test to see if his father's wisdom or that king's wisdom works out there in this real 
so-called worlds. Uh, that staffer Juan, he's, he's taken up the tools of the magician and he's going to try out these tricks that he's learned from the magician. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he really needs to see if all of the learning and all of the things that have been said in all his growing up years or in his training or preparation for this journey, are those going to pan out? This, uh, this card in particular reminds me of the myth in the Bhagavad Gita about Arjuna, or Arjuna, however um, people choose to say it. Um, that's a great, that's the first thing I think of because it really, it features a chariot. And just so in short, the um, Arjuna is, you know, has to go to war. Um, there's a lot, he has a lot of reluctance. He is a master archer. He comes from five of, you know, they're considered five of the great heroes in um, in this particular, in the Bhagavad Gita. So, and he himself being a master archer, which means he knows he's got good aim. And um, he's also ambidextrous, which means he can, he can use his bow and arrow and fight with both hands with equal precision. So that's an interesting kind of layer here for me to see that there's this there's this heroic character who, who already has all, has developed these skills. But part of one of the big things that happens within this myth and story is there's hesitancy. He has a major ethical crisis like on the battlefield. And um, Lord Krishna comes to him and actually ends up being his charioteer, um, driving the, the chariot. And there's, there's almost this Caesura-like um, pause that happens because Arjun is just tortured by he's going to go to war, he's got ethical issues with it, there's family involved, and essentially the Lord Krishna kind of bestows enlightenment on him, but there's this huge amount of story that basically gets captured, you know, just as he's going into war and hesitating, um, and that his learning and um, sort of getting this enlightenment during this period allows him to move forward and be and be victorious. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of that happening, both with the symbols and the actual, like, here's what can happen. And in that story, too, there is a certain point where you have to let doubt go. And we know in the hero's journey, according to Campbell, and according to our lives, I think we're always going to hesitate. Mm -hmm. We're going to be like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you know, being called onto that journey is just like, oh, heck no. You know, you're really <laughs> just like, that's, you know, if you knew what you were getting into, you would never have gotten into it. Which is why I think we start with the fool here. But this yeah. is very much about the hero, the warrior, where you do need to set your doubts aside and maybe let let your fears help drive you to find your courage. Yeah. Um, to face them and, and, and move forward. So it's this is the action card here. Yeah, so this can be such a useful and beautiful card for people to meditate on or to use. Uh, when you're when you're needing a sense of that courage, uh, when you're needing to put your spine up straight and to to walk into that interview office or to uh, speak in front of a group of people, this could be a wonderful card to to help give you courage in these in these phases of our life where we we need for at least for a time to put it put aside that doubt to be able to stand up straight or yeah. you know anything mm -hmm. I think even in relationships too, you know do you have the courage to walk into that coffee shop to meet that new person or to, yeah. you know, to put that out there. You know, the, the hero's energy can be helpful to get you in the door to make those steps. Um, you know, obviously, there's going to be some others necessary as well in terms of relationships. But that's, it's really big and I like having it at this, you know, it's our eighth, it's our eighth stage essentially on this journey where it's like we've been prepared. It's, 
it's time to move. And I'd like to remark for a moment on, you brought up the, 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 the eighth stage, and it's also the card number seven. Mm. And seven is a really important number, big, big number, right? Uh, seven days of the week and the world being created in seven days. It's really the, uh, a sense of a new stage happening, of something whole that's taken place. And where will it lead from here? There's a real feeling with this number. Also, the uh, you were saying too when we talked about this earlier, the seven stages of alchemy. That's right. Yes. So, what needs to happen for that common element, that common stone or coal or whatever you're starting with as that base element in the beginning, that there's seven <clears throat> stages for it to become uh, a piece of gold, a golden chariot that will lead you to whatever eternal life or whatever that symbolizes for you in your life at the moment so yeah it's a big card what do you think are the the possible pitfalls of this stage we'll, we'll talk a little about the hero and the warrior in a minute but as a stage what what are let's go into a little bit more what the pitfalls because it's awesome it's great we're moving but what do we need to be careful of here Okay, so of all the cards, we have here the hero with a, a really well-built ego. So, of course, this is not a bad thing. We need to have healthy egos to get through our normal day-to-day -day existence, right? It, it, ego is just really an, another way of saying I. You, you extend back to Freud. Ego was the word, the English word given to the more German word that Freud gave it, which was just simply I. So we don't need to just judge ego from that regard just yet. But of course, whenever we're, we built ourselves up and we're being courageous, we've left that doubt behind, what might be our blind spots? What might we not be looking at now that we've thrown caution to the wind? Uh, and I, I think that that's really, uh, that this dilemma is illustrated beautifully in the, uh, the myth of Phaeton, who was a young Greek half-god man, son of a, a nymph, and he goes into the heavens to see if it's really true that his father is a god. And so when he goes to the heavens, he meets with his father and his father says, yes, uh, I drive the chariot of the sun and I am your father. Any way that I can prove to you that I am your father, it will be done. And he says, well, I would like to drive your chariot. Phaeton says, I would like to drive your chariot, the chariot of the sun across the sky uh, for, for one day. And this his father is very nervous about and says, whoa, 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 whoa. It's a really perilous journey. It's not so easy. You know, I even have a hard time doing this. And, and you're young and inexperienced. And uh, I really just don't think this is a good idea. I mean, I can't really refuse your oath, but please choose more wisely. And he says, nope, this is what I want to do. I got to prove myself to be your son, to be a man. Uh, so this is, this is what I need to do. So he says, okay, and he gets these big horses out that are breathing fire and they're, they're ready to make their way across the sky, but they almost have, you know, they have minds of their own and it's often hard for the, the sun god himself to control it. But here Phaeton, he gets in the chariot and he begins to make his way. And as you can guess, 
with his lack of experience, his lack of trying this thing, a particular thing out before, things do not go so well. In fact, I have a little quote here I'd love mm. to read from uh, Bullfinch's uh, mythology just to hear how it goes. We hope you're enjoying this episode and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming a patron. It's super easy and there are some awesome rewards for joining. So just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information. And now back to our program. So the horses, when they felt them loose on their backs, dashed, dashed headlong and unrestrained, went off into unknown regions of the sky, in among the stars, hurling the chariot over pathless places, now up in high heaven, now down almost to the earth. The moon saw with astonishment her brother's chariot running beneath her own. The clouds begin to smoke and the mountain tops take fire. The fields are parched with heat. The plants wither. The trees with their leafy branches burn. The harvest is ablaze. But these are small things. Great cities perished with their walls and towers. Whole nations with their people were consumed to ashes. Boom. Whoa. So as you can see, mythologically, <coughs> the consequences of of too much of a, a heroic attitude at not a ripe time can lead to dis disastrous results. And so I think that there's a huge lesson in this card uh, for all of us when we put ourselves above our animal natures, when we put ourselves above our, our own human limitations, that dangerous things can result not only for ourselves, for like Phaeton, who fell with his hair burning uh, towards this, back down to earth. He, he literally has to return to earth, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But that, that, that the earth itself suffers. And I, I think that we're seeing this to a grand scale at this moment in time uh, in our human history, is that humans have, have begun to way too highly regard themselves, have placed themselves as more important as other creatures, as... Um, as trees and the landscape and so forth, that our purposes, our missions, our manifest destiny is more more important than the existence of these things. And the result has been disastrous ecologically. So what we can take from this um, as, a, as a stage that the danger is to, to make that relationship utilitarian versus symbiotic. So, you know, I have dominion over everything. I will subjugate everything underneath me. And with that, when someone does that, when you have subjugated and you're not responsible, you, you know, the, the effects of what you do um, can be catastrophic um, and you can't take those back. Um, Absolutely. So that, that really reminds me, let's, <clears throat> if you don't mind, let's talk about the archetype of the hero. So, and I, I wouldn't mind discussing both the hero and the warrior because they're, they're similar. Absolutely. But the, since we're on that, the hero, <clears throat> what marks the hero is, is essentially their, their journey, feats of strength, courage, and skill that just don't stop. So if you're, you know, a person and you're wondering, wow, you know, is this, is this a major theme for me? Is this a core archetype? I think we all probably have hero parts in our lives. Um, but in my practice, you know, is this a constant or is this something really big? So are you being faced with these big challenges, confronting, you know, increasingly difficult things, often alone, 
and there's always a stage where the hero uh, the hero is going to be alone and what this is sort of what the overarching theme is the hero is about initiation about that going through all of these stages and then coming back it's mm. it's very much related to every single stage in in Campbell's hero's journey so it's this facing both the physical mental and emotional obstacles con- confronting these fears and being faced with, you know, compromising. And it is, you know, the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey, all of the things that happen there. So the heroes, by nature, the heroes are resourceful. They're strong-willed. They might have a difficulty seeking help because there's a sense that you're always kind of alone. You're out there, you're doing it, and you're always on your own steam. And that can be both um, both a blessing and a curse because that part of the stage of the, you know, the hero's journey is also having allies and getting mentors and things like that. And we've certainly seen it here. Yeah, absolutely. And from that sort of unempowered perspective, the hero can become empowered in and of themselves by stepping on other people, Mm. by disempowering other people. So they have this, you know, I'm a hero and I'll just step on everybody, you know, who's in my way, climb on the, you know, kick people off the ladder to get up there. So that's, that's that unempowered or what some people would call the shadow side. But in addition to that, it's the daredevil archetype as well in in the unempowered. And that's that uh, Phaeton myth of being a bit of a daredevil and not having, you know, too much regard for the safety of themselves or others. That's right. You know, the person who drives extra fast along the curves. Right. There's a belief in, I can do this because it's me, versus I can do this because I've had the the experience and built up the experience needed to do this yeah. and you get really big disasters when you think i can do this because it's me yeah <laughs> that's yeah. that's really the, the hubris right? and there's yeah the for the hero there's there's always approving of something right. proving it to the self right. proving it to to others um and something that happens to both with the warrior and and the hero is there's there's this idea that it's all about victory and it's all about the goal, but what both archetypes can lead you to in terms of a higher truth or a higher knowledge is that that victory is just the beginning. It's yeah. not just the end. You will never meet a more depressed hero or warrior as you will when like they've won. Now you're done. Right. There's right, always... Right. You know, it's always just another step along the path. Mm-hmm. So, I always felt how I, I always wondered, like when the San Francisco Giants won, and the, just that huge excitement of 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 the receiving of that title, and after all that time. But you know, how, how hard it must be to have to go into the next season and have to prove it all over again. I, I mean, that that just seems like it would be. Whew, really stressful. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's just me and my, my misunderstanding of sports, but <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. it's, well, I mean, it's archetypal, that yeah. sort of sense of like, Oh, okay. Now what? I right, think right. that's because we, we naturally, because we are so in love with a goal. So like the lover was that last, um, card and archetype is that we fall in love with the idea of the goal. Yes. And sometimes we can, we cannot fall in love with a process of getting to that goal. So we were more in love and disillusioned by the, the, the victory that we want than we are of actually being, being in it. That's right. And 
you know, really being able to rest on your laurels, not just because you won, but because, wow, look at everything that I was able to gain and to do in the interim. So right. your rewards are, are basically being parsed out throughout, and then you just have the icing on the cake. And Joseph Campbell would note that the, the receiving of the boon or the reward is is only about the middle of the journey, mm -hmm. right? So the responsibility of the hero, if they they attain what they set out for, is to bring it back. And, and there's going to be lots of things chasing after them as they go uh, to bring it back to the community or bring it back to the home in which they left. So we're seeing our hero here that the chariot may not only be a thing that carries us into our journey, but it, it also needs to carry us home to bring some new uh, elixir to the community, um, to that emperor sitting on his throne, could use uh, a new some new insights to... Uh, lead his people and so forth. That's very important. And the, the the journey back to bring that boon because the boon is or that gift, whatever you learned, you know, to bring it down to ground level. It's somebody who, you know, they, maybe they went on a healing journey and they learned they learned something more about the world and how things work. And that's their that's their boon, and they they want to bring it back to their community or their friends or their family. Part of that journey back, which is kind of the other half of the hero's journey, is realizing that your gift is not necessarily wanted at this time. Hmm. And how do you deal with that? So you're coming back with it, and you, you also need to discover how can you bring it in a way that it can be accepted, right. or the timing of coming back with it, because that is that is another stage. Um, but just to to go to the heroes as we see them, in culture, and in, this is—they're probably one of the easiest ones. Oh, I you mean, know, heroes are in. Choose any, any film, right? Any film. <laughs> You're gonna have the hero. <clears throat> any film, yeah, but I'll—I'll yeah. I'll, I'll just name a couple because they're—they're they're great ones to watch in terms of the chariot. Um, great. And that would be uh, Keanu Reeves um, as Neo in the Matrix. Um, you will see that sort of the hesitation and the outward movement. Of course, Mark Hamill, you know, as Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars trilogy. Um, an interesting one is Emma Thompson in the film Wit. Um, you can go to you can go to my website. I have an article posted and shows you all the heroes and there's plenty of them and we're we're not at a loss for for those. In Shadow, though, and I think this is interesting, um, Jeremy Renner in the movie The Hurt Locker. And it was only from a couple of years ago. He's that daredevil. Oh, he yeah. is that like, whatever, I'm going to go get blown up. But he really wants to achieve, you know, the goal each time he goes oh, out yeah. to because he's defusing bombs. That's essentially that's right. He's in Iraq and that's his job. And he brings us really well into the warrior archetype, too. Mm -hmm. And that the warrior is not is a very actually dysfunctional and unhappy person when there's not a war going on. I get the image of, from Hurt Locker when he's going down the grocery aisle with the baby and the boxes which box of cereal to choose and and there's just like no meaning in life to him or there's no sense of connection to life he has to be in that battlefield all right so let's just roll that into the the experience of the warrior which is also a soldier a mercenary an amazon um, a crime fighter um, there's a sense of tenacity discipline being a protector having courage loyalty the the warrior will wear their wounds as a badge of honor um to see you know, like this is this is what i earned by being in this fight being in this war um they identify with the survivor archetype they have a great ability to protect and defend to be aggressive toward a, a goal 
but it also has a lot to do with boundaries. How do you, you know, are you protecting a boundary or you want to cross them to reach a goal? So that, you know, you, it's like that, the metaphor of drawing the line in the sand. The warrior is really good at, at either drawing it, walking up to it, or stepping across that. So that's, that's that sort of psychological dynamic that's there with the warrior. They can push, but they can also stand guard. They know that they, this is the boundary. I stand here and I protect it. If anybody comes up to it, you know, woe is them. They, yes. they come mm-hmm. up a, across it. That really um, suits this chariot card very much. Because I see I see this hero in the chariot as a boundary crosser. He's, yeah. he's left the threshold of his protected kingdom to go out and seek yeah. new terrain. And in its most empowered, it's focused mm-hmm. and it's courageous. Yeah. Um, in its unempowered... You abandon your ethics and your morals, and you just pursue victory at all cost. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you step on. the The warrior in its in its unempowered is obsessed with revenge, or in totally indifferent to anybody else's boundaries. They don't have their own boundaries, so they don't believe anybody else has any others. Mm-hmm. And so we can see mm-hmm. that you know we can see that at work. We see that in relationship in relationships. People who say, "Well, I don't have any brown," you know, be brutal, bring it on, that kind of thing. That's that's that, you know, kind of shadow or unempowered behavior where they're not recognizing other other people's and where, where they have boundaries. In just to circle back in terms of books that I think might be interesting if people want to follow up um, for The Warrior, there's a couple I'm going to post on my website. The one I'm thinking of right now is Dan Millman's The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Takes on that archetype in a really great way. As well as for the hero... Interestingly enough, superheroes being very, uh, very much a part of popular culture, Deepak Chopra and his son, um, Gautam, have written a book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Superheroes, Harnessing Our Power to Change the World. Cool book. I don't know how people feel about Deepak or whatever, but you know what? I think he did a really excellent job with this archetype and how we can we can start seeing that in ourselves and pull it off the screen and out of the comic book. So there's that. And, and warriors in film, really not hard. I'm going to give you three because I think they're cool and they're all very different. Harrison Ford in Star Wars, Jake Gyllenhaal in Jarhead, and believe it or not, Sarah Michelle Gellar in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for, for these empowered warriors to see that in its different iterations. And let's not forget Starbuck in... In Battlestar Galactica. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness, absolutely. I yes. have a big crush on her. She is kind of, she has, <laughs> I mean, you can go uh, Xena the Warrior Princess, but you're right, Starbuck. I mean, she is very much a warrior. Watch, if you want to see that feminine character warrior, that's a really great one to look at. The shadow aspect, it's pretty easy. You know, with the guy in Avatar, the Colonel uh, Quaritch, he was a total shadow warrior, didn't care about anyone's boundaries. Also, uh, Vin Diesel in the Riddick Chronicles. You see him in Shadow and Light, uh, Warrior, but mainly, mainly, mainly unempowered. He's he's got honor, but he will step on anyone. Those are powerful archetypes, Miss Sindera. Oh, I know. I feel a lot of energy <clears throat> with this card. It's a great card. Um, so many stories have, uh, I think, are encompassed in this card and can represent for you some beginning to a journey for yourself. So you can use this card uh, as a meditation, as something to focus on when when you're needing that courage and needing to step out into new terrain that might feel scary. Yeah, and our I think our hope, just to wrap this up, our hope with these podcasts is not only to educate, but but hopefully as you, you listen to these things and you come across them, see how it can be applied, see how it's showing up for you. 
And of course, both of us, you know, have our own specialized modalities working with these patterns. And we are here to, to help people use this kind of technology and um, use it to, to make their lives clearer, more resilient, and uh, just be more fully in their lives. And this is a good time to say that because we're at the chariot, you know. Absolutely. I think it's really about taking taking that in hand. So. And from here, uh, we'll be seeing so many different stages that are going to uh, be facing this hero on this journey, mm -hmm. and uh, and some of them are going to be difficult and some of them are going to be um, beautiful and amazing and uh, if you also want to contact us you can contact us through this email address atpodcast at archetypist.com archetypist is spelled a-r-c-h-e-t-y-p-i-s-t and uh, with that, see you for the next time. What uh, what card do we have next, Sandra? Uh, I believe it's the Justice card, Ooh. which uh, feels like a really appropriate card to follow this this egotistical perhaps uh, journey that this hero is on. That uh, he may need to come to some justice very quickly. Movement to justice. I like it. Well, thank you so much for joining us for the Archetypal Tarot Podcast, and definitely tune in next time. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to help keep this podcast going by becoming a patron. It's super easy. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information and the many cool rewards for joining. That's tiny.cc slash tarot.